Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K. Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Tuesday morning, February 21st, 2023. We start out your day at 26 degrees in the capital city, and we are glad to have you with us. Got a good show for you today. It's Tuesday morning. That means Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, will join us to talk Nebraska news and politics. Uh, John Paylor is going to join us at 8.35 to talk about a whole mess of different things. We'll take your text on the Rick Stein Recognition text line throughout the show with your thoughts as well and open dialogue at 402-479-1400. Count down the five things you're talking about with the morning drive. A uh, little bit of Munch Madness reaction as the bracket came out yesterday, so we'll get into that a little bit later in the show as well. So altogether, a busy Tuesday, the last day for a while of what is uh, what has been a stretch of nice, warmish, sunny weather. We're going to get that again today, back in the mid-50s. Once again today, the changes, they do come Starting tomorrow, National Weather Service has just put out the latest information on what is coming. Uh, right now, Lincoln and uh, areas even north of Lincoln, too, uh, it's not indicated in any winter weather advisory, any winter storm warning. You've got to get up to Columbus and, and Tecama and Norfolk to get those sorts of things. That's not here, although... Uh, the change is still going to happen here. You're just not going to see, as it stands right now, big snow accumulations. Lincoln, in the most recent National Weather Service, is said to be getting zero to one inches of snow. That increases as you move north, uh, two to four in Columbus, four to six in Norfolk, and then get up to O'Neill, six to ten, Niobrara, seven to eleven. <laughs> That's where the big stuff is. No, up on that North Nebraska that, that, South Dakota border. Big is is relative. I just pulled up the Minneapolis-St. Paul. Oh, yeah? Just listen to this. Uh, the first round expected to start today with total accumulations of 3 to 7 inches and uh, some some wind. The second round is more widespread. It'll begin late tomorrow afternoon, continuing into Thursday with an additional 10 to 20 inches Ooh. with total snow accumulations 15 to 25, along with very high winds gusting to 35. And that this my, could be the fifth largest snowfall in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area ever. That takes something, too, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. My goodness. So can you imagine if that wiggles a few miles south? Uh, it's going to have to wiggle a lot of miles south yeah, for yeah, it to be but, very concerning to me. But that is... No, no that's, that's, how impo- that's how potent this system is. That is how... Uh, that And that says uh, that's the difference between living at uh, the, the amount south that we live and living up there and... Yeah. Minneapolis or South Dakota or even Northern Iowa as well. Yeah, they've got as, blizzard warnings posted all over. Significant. Uh, and we got ours last week, but it is, boy, by the end of today, 
There's not going to be a whole lot of that remaining anymore. It's just going to be a distant memory. Uh, the other things that are going to be impactful here in this actually could see some icing that goes along with this. Some freezing rain could get up to a tenth of an inch right now, according to the national weather forecast. That would be Wednesday and Wednesday evening is when that is possible as well. And then, of course, temperatures going to uh, going to be dropping on Wednesday, although they've got the high temperature on Wednesday still at 36 in in the capital city. Uh, I presume that will likely be at the beginning of the day and then dropping from that point on during the course of the day. Uh, but you get down to Fall City, they're still going to get a high of 53 on uh, on Wednesday for their high temperature. I so spoke with meteorologist the- Paul Feynman about 40 minutes ago. Yeah. Uh, he said, <laughs> favorite term we all love to hear, only this is going to be a very sharp temperature uh, gradient. Sh- yeah, I can see that. Fall City, a uh, high of 53. Uh, York, a high of 31. Lincoln, a high of 36. So there you go. And, I mean, you go just into the uh, the, the corner of Missouri on the Missouri-Kansas-Nebraska border, and you're going to see mid-60s still. Tomorrow, with Friday, Friday morning, we could have wind chills approaching 20 below. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, low temps. Uh, Thursday overnight to Friday, you'll be uh, probably get back into some below zero temps. Probably, I would say, most likely the last, if you get to it, the last below zero temps of this winter season. And then things do rebound fairly quickly. It's kind of uh, it's kind of three days of back to winter, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, Wednesday night to Thursday when the precipitation, whatever we get here, is going to move through. Uh, then Friday with it, excuse me, then Thursday with it just cooling off a lot. Then Friday back to 24, maybe a little additional precipitation associated with that. But then you get into the weekend, and by Saturday you're back into the 50s and sunny, and that's kind of the feature of these blasts of winter weather that you uh, are going to get this time of year, late February into March, where yeah, a few days of it, but whatever happens is going to feel like an afterthought pretty quickly after it because it doesn't take long to get sunny skies back into the high 40s, back into the 50s, and that's what we'll have. And then uh, when you get there, you've got a stretch of 50s and 40s uh, going forward after that. And if Dr. Dewey, what he said, and you were reporting yesterday, Mark, holds after that, you would you would uh, look at starting you know that Friday the 3rd and and going forward, that might be when we start to see those really nice temperatures, 60s and 70s. So, uh, like I've like I've said a few times, uh, you got a, a short power through time here, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and after that, it'll it'll turn around and really maybe start to feel more like spring for an extended period of time there. So, but it's been nice. It's been it's been really good. I did, last night got out and got the old got the old blackstone griddle fired up again last night made burgers and hot dogs like a a real summer dinner there with the family my daughter did request we were kind of talking about what we were going to have and she was like can we get watermelon and i'm like we're not getting a watermelon wow, okay all out number that. 1 it's going to be not good <laughs> it's going to be expensive so we're not quite there yet let's let's hold our horses a little bit on that but we did uh, air fry our chicken parm Oh, nice. Yeah, I know. That's one of your specialties. I need to get that recipe awesome. and try it with you. Sometime. By the way, you know, you're talking about weather. Do you realize that two weeks from this coming Sunday, we go to daylight saving time? Yeah, that's uh, creeping up, isn't it? It won't be March long. 12. Won't be long and that uh, we're going to be looking at, what, 645, 7 o'clock sunset. 
and quickly creeping even later than that as we as we get going with things. So we're on the precipice of the end of this winter, just kind of powering through here the last little bits before it looks like probably starting Saturday the 25th we get a, a major change back to what we've seen a lot of, frankly, during the course of, of February. Uh, Mark, oh, go ahead. Anything? Any other things that you've got for us today, Mark? Uh, could be an interesting uh, county commissioner meeting today. Uh, Matt Schulte, a new, newly elected commissioner, uh, is uh, going to put forward a, a resolution or a motion to end the COVID-19 uh, emergency declaration in the county. Okay. Um, he said he's hearing from a lot of people that they want it ended. He's not getting a lot of support, if any, uh, from the uh, health director or from his fellow commissioners. So. That'll uh, kick off at nine this morning. Uh, we'll uh, be covering that as well. So, uh, so uh, this was a discussion on uh, last week's Lincoln Business Beat. Uh, Mr. Schulte was uh, our guest in the deep dive, and he goes into all of the the reasons why he's putting this forward. The state ended uh, the statewide uh, emergency declaration in June of 2021. Okay, so he says yeah, it's, it's been, been 20 months. Since uh, the state ended it, there's no reason to have it going here. Did you get in into at all what the real impacts of, of yeah, doing it, that or not doing that are? We 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 went he went into quite a bit of detail uh, and said he doesn't think there's any funding that is uh, um, at risk uh, that for that you would have to have this declaration in order to get uh, additional federal funding. That's not a factor. Uh, he just says that. Uh, especially the health director uh, and his fellow commissioners uh, want to keep it in place. Okay. Yeah, and, and eventually yes, I I agree it should end. I'm just curious what the uh what the impact will I, I mean, well, it, it, like d- d- talking to me, if you're just, you know, if you asked me and I hadn't been reading the news and said uh, I assume there's not one right now. I can't really I, I can't really tell. It, it takes some staff time and effort and and expense to to keep the uh, reporting going and all of that. So Okay. Save the money. All right. Uh, he sounds like he is not real confident he's going to have the votes no, for it. Though, no, but so. he's still going to bring it forward. Right. So. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, oh, there was a fire overnight at the Casey's there on South uh, 13th. Oh, no. Okay. Uh, started in the back room. Uh, no cause yet, but we expect to have more from uh, Captain Nancy Christ uh, at the briefing this All morning. Right. So, so maybe don't go there for your breakfast pizza uh, today. Probably not. I'm sure that with a fire in, in there, they're probably yeah. closed. Yeah. Without a doubt. All right. Uh, so that's kind of a little bit about what is going on here this morning. Uh, holiday weekend now over. Hope everybody had a good President's Day. Hopefully they um, paid tribute to their favorite president or whatever uh, or whatever you're supposed to do on President's Day. I'm not totally sure. Is there a uh, specific thing you're supposed to I do? I don't know. We all we always kind of talk about. I was going to talk about presidents a little bit. You know, it's like uh, back in my day, who was your favorite the, president? The schools. Right. Uh, well, it was originally uh, Washington and Lincoln's birthday. Right. Yeah. And so there was always, uh, you know, you got into the civics stuff with both uh, Washington and Lincoln and their presidencies. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we didn't have like a family sort of moment of of no. silence for the presidents or anything like that in our house. It was right. kind of just a. It's kind of just a normal day off. The kids still have uh, school off today, too. So, Of course, but, today is Shrove Tuesday. Which is Shrove's? Well, it's Pancake Day. It's oh, okay. the, the day, you know, Mardi Gras underway. It's the day, That's before, right. day before Ash Wednesday. It's where you you uh, tank up. 
It is, uh, you know, it seemed to me, we, I, I was in church Sunday, and they said, can you believe Ash Wednesday is already on us? And I turned to my wife, and I said, yeah, I don't know. It feels like it's, it feels like it's late this year. Uh, but I don't know in the pantheon of the earliest and latest Lent can be the, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the earliest Easter can be is March 22nd, obviously the end of the Lenten season. And the latest it can be in March is April 25th. So we can go for a, a really big sort of, sort of group of days. And then, uh, East, so within that, uh, Easter this year is going to be April 9th. So kind of smack dab in the middle. Yep. Uh, of the earliest and latest that it can possible be possibly be, but yes, if you are, uh, it is it is Fat Tuesday, and so if you are giving something up from Lent, like Mark said, tank up today, <laughs> whatever it is. And this is the uh, whatever it is, is that the, you're uh, saying goodbye to for a while. This is the day that the pancake uh, race takes place between. It's a uh, 415 yard uh, pancake race uh, while you're tossing a pancake you know without dropping it in a in a pan oh okay and that goes uh that liberal kansas uh versus oldney england that's the oh okay how how do they where do they match up There's they don't they, they have it in each town and then they match they, oh, they, they time it they All time right. it so, so uh, that was plenty big. of room to cheat Oh no, it's 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 serious i uh we used to talk about it a lot in kansas i uh Speaking of pancakes, you know I'm I I like to make a lot of food. I like making breakfast. Uh, pancakes have got to be one of my least favorite things to make. I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the mess. I don't know if it is. I don't have a good mechanism for getting the batter into the pan without feeling like it's it's splattering everywhere. I maybe need one of those things that sort of shoots little clumps of it out. And that does it best. But the kids, a lot of times, will say, uh, yeah, why don't you make pancakes? I'm like, how about not? Why don't we? How about toast? <laughs> yeah. How does that? I don't know what it is. Toaster that, waffles. Yeah, that is all. Well, whatever it is. How about some Eggos? We'll throw them in the toaster. Yeah, that, that, that would be good. I'm not sure what it is, but I'm always reluctant to get going with. I feel like they're one of the world's messiest foods to make in the kitchen. You're going to have to do a full cleaning after after that is all over, but so don't tell them or they're going to ask for it for dinner tonight, and and then I'll have to face all my fears of of actually making pancakes. Uh, in the uh, in the sports world, as Caleb and I mentioned yesterday, it's uh, for Nebraska men's basketball. We got a group of days off here, so it's going to be a little bit quiet on that till they get fired up, and then it'll be very loud starting the beginning of of next week. Uh, Nebraska baseball does finish their series at San Diego, and hard not to say oh, that one geez. was anything but a man. Especially the last two games, just a huge disappointment with with how that went down. Probably probably should have won yesterday, uh, two days ago, and then yesterday get a big lead, give up the big lead, get a big deficit, make up the big deficit to get another lead, uh-huh. only to get it tied back up. Uh, by by San Diego, sixteen sixteen, and then it's one of those deals that it's a getaway day. It's the last day of the series, and so there's a curfew essentially on the game, mm-hmm. and they've got to end it at sixteen sixteen. So Nebraska does not go zero and four on the weekend; they go zero three and one. The title of my game Ooh. recap was uh, "Another Pitching Collapse Mercifully Ends in a Tie." My goodness. So I don't want to know what the what another two innings of that pitching staff would have looked like. 
Yeah, they were. I mean, a four-game series like that really tax, especially at the beginning of the season. Obviously, that's something that's going to tax a pitching staff. And um, by the end of the series, you could tell they were really thin on things. So they uh, they end up without a win, and they get back to it Friday night. They're going to Mobile, Alabama, to take on South Alabama, and hopefully can maybe get two, three wins there and get that record a little bit closer to 500 again. You don't want to fall too far behind, and don't forget, you then go to Minneapolis the week after that, and you've There's got a you're taking tough on competition there. You, among your competition is uh, uh, defending national champs Ole Miss, Vanderbilt, who is a perennial national championship contender, uh, and then Hawaii as well. So it's going to be a big weekend for Nebraska yeah, baseball is. not to get kind of uh, under the water when it comes to the non-conference record. All right, it's six twenty-five. So there you go. That's what's going on in your world this morning. We got more coming up. Take a break right now. Caleb's got a full sportscast coming up after this on KLIN. Severe weather means interruptions. Check closings and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks. You're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that... Wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the sound off on LNK Today. All right, ready to jump into the things making news around the country and the world on your Tuesday morning, February 21st, 2023. We got Joe Jordan coming up about a half hour from right now, for so stay tuned for that. But it is time to jump in a day after President Joe Biden makes a visit to Ukraine, a surprise visit to Ukraine. Uh, Vladimir Putin in Russia does kind of his equivalent, as I understand it, of the State of the Union address in Russia uh, and has a lot of strong words. And do they do the unnecessary clapping? I, don't, I think everybody has to clap. No, no, no one's allowed to I don't boo. Think anybody's able There's to. no booing. OK, uh, but uh, 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 among the uh, other. Other decisions here on this day after Biden leaves Ukraine is a decision by Russia to exit an existing nuclear treaty about the production of nuclear weapons. What 
Does this mean exactly? How concerning is it? Let's find out more. Russia is suspending its participation in the New START nuclear weapons treaty that reduces the number of nuclear missile launchers. Vladimir Putin said that Russia must stand ready to resume nuclear missile testing if the United States does so as well. The Russian president this morning, to no one's surprise, also accused the West of provoking the war that he has waged in Ukraine. Listen. Responsibility for fomenting the Ukrainian conflict for its escalation and for the increasing number of victims lies entirely with Western elites. Well, the speech followed President Biden's visit to war-torn Ukraine yesterday, a trip that the White House says required months of secrecy and precision planning. Oh, okay. Well, that's a real, that's an interesting blame game situation there. Uh, We went in there and we started this thing, but you guys made it way worse than it needed to be. Let's be honest, a little bit of this is on you. you. That's definitely... (laughs) On you, uh, that is some that is some galaxy brain reasoning there that he's putting together with this whole thing. But uh, nonetheless, a serious matter, obviously, as uh, it looks like Russia is at least taking steps to make the West think, at very least, that they are willing to, if needed, use nuclear weapon or nu- nuclear weapons are going to take steps in that direction. Of course, they've been saber rattling things about that for quite some time since this conflict has begun and and prior to that as well. But between that going on now and the rhetoric seemed to escalating there from Russia, between, again, North Korea going through one of these deals where they're firing missiles into the sea, they seem to be due for another one of these nuclear tests that they like to do and, and maybe moving toward that once again uh feels like there is some instability unst- some instability i should mm-hmm. say in the air right now on the international front that's probably an understatement uh other international news let's get into this here is something that i did not know um about now i knew in especially in some european countries uh the age of consent is younger than it is in the United States for teenagers uh-huh. in in European countries. What I did not, I was not aware of that in Japan, it is thirteen. It is thirteen. Oh, and apparently, after some high profile cases regarding this, Japan is ready to move forward and increase that and get in line with maybe some other parts of the world. The age of consent in Japan is just 13 and that is going up to 16, taking it in line with many US states, but higher than other G7 nations like Germany, Italy and France. Outrage over a series of high-profile rape acquittals has led to an overhaul of Japanese sex crime laws. The statute of limitations for reporting rape will be increased to 15 from 10 years, and more factors like intoxication and psychological control will be taken into account. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. 13. Uh, wow. Surprised. It's, I, you know, different... Different country, different culture, but it is it is uh, hard to imagine that being a, a particularly good good idea here. Probably from people all over all over the place there, and they've considered that that probably is the case there, and they're moving it all the way up to eighteen with this. Some medical news, some positive medical news here. Uh, so many of us have been impacted by loved ones, family, friends 
who have had a stroke, and even if you do survive it, this is something that, as a lot of you know, profoundly impacts your life going forward. They are now working with some new medications that hopefully could make getting back to something that looks uh, like the person who the the victim was prior to the stroke, especially in the upper body, it may be more possible than it was in previous years. More than 800,000 people in the U.S. suffer a stroke each year, and more than half are left with arm and hand impairment or paralysis. New experiments with implanted electrodes zap the spinal cord in spots which control hand and arm motion, helping nerve cells pick up the weaker, damaged brain signals. Test patients were able to grab objects, open locks, and cut their own stick. The increased function is temporary and ends when the electrodes are removed, but the results offer great hope. More tests are underway and researchers have formed a company to further develop the technology. Ann Carrick, Fox News. So it, wow, that is interesting. So it only allows you that mobility, those motor skills that you might not have while you've got the electrodes on. Mm-hmm. But then when they're back off, you may have problems again. How, how, how long can you keep them on? How long is it practical to keep them on as you're trying to do tasks yeah. that you would need them for? A uh, whole lot of inter- interesting questions, and it's something that they had experimented with using the lower body, but now moving up to the up- upper body, and obviously the upper body is uh, going to be one where some of those more fine motor skills are going to be needed and, and probably where a lot of the difficulty comes mm-hmm. for these victims as well. So. Uh, again, hopefully, hopefully, some good news there on the medical front. Um, so y- you know, if you are a uh, if you're a Twitter user, you know that uh, for a long time there's been this thing called the blue check mark, and that's had some iterations, some changes associated with it in the last year or so during the Elon Musk era of Twitter. But nonetheless, it's always been an option where you could either originally just be verified by applying for it, get the blue check mark, and then it turned into a service where you can also pay a premium fee mm-hmm. and get some extra services, show up more in search, those sorts of things, by being verified. Well, uh, while uh, while Musk did get some blowback for this, apparently they're sitting there over at Meta with Zuckerberg, and they're saying, <laughs> you know, you know, we could probably do this and make some... Uh, Make some more money on Facebook and Instagram by offering what appears to be sort of a similar service, sort of a a verified subscription service as well. And now Facebook and Instagram are going to kick this off. Following Twitter's lead, Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg has announced a new paid subscription service for both Facebook and Instagram. For eleven ninety nine per month, users who sign up for Meta Verified will get a blue badge. In return, subscribers will be able to verify their account with a government ID, get extra impersonation protection, and get direct access to customer support. While Zuckerberg notes that providing direct access to such services will cost a significant amount of money. He adds, that'll be made up by subscription revenue. Karen McHugh, Fox News. Facebook didn't have a whole lot going for it. Yeah. And and now you add this? Yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how many folks take advantage of this if the, as they said there, at least when they were itemizing the benefits of this, uh, impersonation protection, and direct access to customer service as do, well. Do you so not get access to customer service? Apparently, if you don't uh, pay? not 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 the same access that you get if you're going to be paying the eleven ninety nine 
per month for that. So a uh, little bit of a change coming, but one that kind of perhaps makes it look more like we see from, from Twitter right now on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you are doing any flying coming up this summer vacation season, and if you're using United and happen to have some small children, which is always kind of a, it's kind of a crapshoot if you're getting on a plane with small kids and you're considering that idea for your vacation or the other trip that you need to make, one of the things you want to make sure that you're able to do is sit next to your small kid. And you don't want to put them in a different aisle or they're all alone for a variety <laughs> of reasons. But up until now, to be assured of that on United, you had to pay a premium fee to make sure that was actually the case. Well, joy for the parents of young children. You no longer have to pay extra to make sure you're sitting by your own kid. United Airlines Holdings says it will change its seat tool map so children younger than 12 years old can be seated next to an adult in their party without a fee. The tool will make preferred seats in economy cabins, often aisle or window seats, available without an extra charge. United says more adjacent seating options will start appearing right away and the change will be full implemented by early March. Airlines have been under pressure from lawmakers and regulators to scrap junk fees that have made it difficult for families to fly together. Ginny Cosola, Fox News. All right. Uh, Coming off of uh, President's Day, this is an interesting announcement. If you're speaking of summer vacations, if you're considering in the coming months and years going to Washington, D.C., that's something I never did do with my kids or haven't done yet i would like to do at some point but among the attractions that you might see the lincoln memorial which would already probably be on most people's list for a place to see is going to be even more of an attraction here coming soon as they are going to put in a roller coaster no that would be a (laughs) the lincoln express is a great idea that may be his phase two of this whole thing. But for now, they're just adding, which doesn't sound as exciting now, they're just adding a, a museum. Okay. A major upgrade coming to the Lincoln Memorial. 15,000 square feet of exhibit space that'll tell visitors about the president as well as the story of the construction of the memorial. It's going up in the cavernous area under the memorial. They'll also have an immersive theater presentation. It's a public-private partnership to be built with about $69 million from the National Park Service and private donations. Construction's expected to be finished up by March of 2026, and the memorial is supposed to remain open during construction. In Washington, Jill Nato, Fox right. News. So it'll be a while until you're doing this. So that does sound interesting. Like when that does get all up and running, I would say the for me personally, matter of matter of taste and interest and his, you know, what kind of history that you're interested in. But for me, the Lincoln Memorial is always the the most exciting, the one I make sure I want to hit. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just the connection to being from Lincoln, Nebraska. But there's there's something about the visual nature of of that one and how it's and all of these things have been part of huge moments, but just the the events that have happened right around that significant events. And so that's always the place that I'm most excited about seeing when I've been in Washington, D.C., and now it'll probably even uh, be more the cases uh-huh. they're going to expand that thing. Uh, all right. Hey, it is Fat Tuesday. It is Fat Tuesday. Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the Lenten season. And so... If you're in New Orleans today, it's time to get after it. It's gonna be a it's gonna be an interesting day. And 
You know, we were talking about the COVID emergency and the discussions in the county to end the COVID emergency in Lancaster County, Nebraska, but it looks like for the first time since Mardi Gras 2020, so there have been, uh, what, two of them since then, uh-huh. two of them since then. It was just, by the way, it was things were just kind of starting with the COVID pandemic in 2020 when Mardi Gras would have happened, uh, but the next two were obviously affected by it significantly. It looks like they are pretty much back to normal in New Orleans. This year's Mardi Gras in New Orleans has looked more like pre-pandemic years, with no more COVID restrictions and parades in full swing for the second year in a row. And for the first time in recent memory, a Latin American man is serving as Rex, King of Carnival. Tulane professor Ludovico Fioli is a native of Costa Rica, but has lived in New Orleans since 2000. I've uh, come to understand uh, the the wonderful good fortune that being able to congregate uh, with the community uh, represents. Today is Fat Tuesday, marking the close of carnival season. Tomorrow is Ash Wednesday, which marks the start of Christian Lent. Tanya J. Powers, Fox News. All right, and then we will uh, end on this next one. Couple of shows on TV, and I don't know how much people watch these shows anymore at this point, but they kept running them. The the whole daytime weekday courtroom show genre has been one that has spanned a whole lot of different shows. Uh, Judge Judy, Judge Mathis, Judge Joe Brown, Mills Lane had one. I mean, you can go, you it's can go such a up weird and down. Genre. There's so, and I, there's probably ten of them that have been in existence at some point that I didn't include in this whole thing. But the OG for those in my generation of this whole thing was Judge Wapner and Supreme Court and what Jim Llewellyn and the whole format of the People's Court. That used to be the only one. I can still hear the music on that thing. That one I I watched a lot growing up for whatever reason. Maybe that Maybe that impacted my decision to go into the legal world. But a couple of them are ending, including, yes. The People's Court. The verdict is in. Judge Mathis and the People's Court are coming to an end. Deadline reports the award-winning daytime courtroom series are being adjourned after a lengthy television run. Judge Mathis coming to a close at the end of its 24th season and the People's Court wrapping up with its 26th season. Back in 2018, Judge Mathis picked up a daytime Emmy for Outstanding Legal Courtroom Program. The People's Court also winning four daytime Emmy Awards over the course of its run. Lauren Faulkner, Fox News. So the original of the People's Court, People's Court was 1981. That ran from 1981 to 1993. That was Judge Wapner. That was Joseph Wapner. He was the former Los Angeles County Superior Court. And and then after that, they took a little bit of a break. They revived it actually in 1997, so it was off for a few years there after the end of of Wapner presiding over it. And since then, I didn't realize this, they had New York City Mayor Ed Koch, uh, Koch did it in 1997 to 1999. Former New York Supreme Court Judge Jerry uh, Schendelin did it in 99 to 2001. Uh, Florida State Circuit Court Judge Marilyn Millian did it 2001 to present that she's been the longest. So she had a longer running um, time on the bench than Wapner did. After this, she had been on the the uh, air for twenty years. 
So, what was going on with you guys in the eighties? Uh, with you have you have that show. Cops started in the eighties. Did it did? Yes. I don't know. There was something. There was just there there. I mean, basically the idea that they were going to, and it's essentially binding arbitration is what they're going into. It's not an official court, but it's, it's basically Wapner is the arbiter in this whole Mm -hmm. thing. And then it was, and then it was the interviews and the music and the drama of the whole thing. And all of these judicial shows after the fact have basically borrowed the format. They've, they've used the format, most notably probably Judge Judy. That was the one that got the the biggest ratings after the original run of, as some, of People's Court. As someone who wasn't there, would you say that that definitely led a lot of TV executives into the what eventually became like the real world yeah. and in the uh, stuff where you yeah, where true. you have real time drama that's for probably, people to react to? It was probably an early iteration of reality TV before you got what was um, what was often thought of as the real beginning of reality, which was the real world on MTV, yeah. which would have been er- very early in the 90s, maybe late 80s, late 80s, early 90s. But uh, yeah, that that's uh, that's that's a good point. It it kind of did that a little bit. So anyway, interesting. I, I can't say I've watched any of these shows for a long, 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 long time, but apparently enough did that there were several of these. So overall, if you count the uh, OG and the revival, 38 seasons overall of this show before it comes to an end. Uh, All right, 25 degrees in the capital city on our way to a high today of 54 with sunny skies. One more nice day before cools off. Got a little bit of a system coming through, so get out there and enjoy it. We'll grab a break right now. It is uh, 6.56 on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, if you missed it yesterday, it has been released, the Munch Madness Bracket, iteration 14 of Munch Madness, 64 teams thrown in there and seated bracket-style local restaurants, and uh, you get to decide who this year's winner is. So if you haven't yet seen the bracket, haven't yet printed it out, you can do that now. It is up at KLIN.com. Print that thing off, put it on the fridge, put it up in the office, make your predictions, make the list of the places that you would like to go try out now that you see the list of 64 and follow along with the voting. That will start on March 1st. So you still have, uh, you got still got about a week and a half to get out there, try the places, and know who you want to vote for in every single matchup. It's next Wednesday. We're eight days away. A week week plus a day. So a week plus a day from from this whole thing. So uh, get out there, print it out, check out the bracket. We'll tell you a little bit more about Much Madness coming up at 810. we got plenty of reaction from across the board, from people who are familiar with it, people who are not familiar with it and i do so, like when people are learning about it it, it brings seem, more people into the fold yeah. so we'll we'll discuss uh, a little a little bit about that coming up at 8 10 this morning uh coming up though uh 11 minutes from right now we are going to talk to joe jordan of news channel nebraska always does a great job covering nebraska news and politics uh explaining some of the things that are going on to us so that's coming up just shortly now seven o'clock klim lincoln Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on uh, your Tuesday morning, February 21st, 2023. Glad to have you with us. Uh, we got our morning drive. We'll count down the five things people are talking about today here about 25 minutes from right now. John Baylor is going to join us a little bit later in the show. The March Munch Madness bracket, uh, I should say, is out. We've got some reaction to that coming up during the 8 o'clock hour as well. So very busy morning here. But right now it's time to talk to News Channel Nebraska's Joe Jordan uh, about what's going on with Nebraska news and politics. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Jack, I'm good. How are you guys? Good. I am. Uh, I'm good. I uh, wanted to talk about with you a, 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 and maybe have you kind of just give us an update and, and help us um, follow a little bit more what's going on because it's uh, a little bit closer to the area that you cover closely. And uh, that is the case of Ryan Larson. This is the boy who disappeared, what, two years ago? Um, and, and it, it, as, um, as autism, there was a massive search for him at the time. I think we all thought as we covered this and we certainly talked about it here at the time, I think it was captivating to, for the entire state, uh, in hopes that this family would be able to find him. Um, and it just drug on and it drug on and it drug on and eventually it drug on so long that it kind of disappeared from the headlines. Um, and now we're, uh, I'm kind of reminded of it again and thinking, because I'm seeing it again in some of these stories, and, uh, and I'm saying, what in the heck ever happened with, with this thing? So I, I guess, I, I know this is mainly about legal developments right now with this whole story, but can you just kind of fill in, fill in the, the blanks of, of what happened while the search was still going on? Um, uh, actively, when, when about two years ago with this whole thing, and then what eventually kind of made it wind down and how that puts us where we are right now with this whole thing? From the moment Ryan Larson, 12 years old, as you said, uh, with autism, disappeared, yes, there was a massive uh, search effort uh, in the La Vista area, which, of course, just outside of Omaha. Uh, at one point, uh, they they thought they still think they might have had a, uh, a piece of video or a still shot of, of Ryan in the area uh, that was a little bit hazy. There's a lake oh, a couple of miles away from the school, where, which is where he was last seen leaving, was his school right around noontime. And there was a lake about two miles away where, where they, uh, it was never clear if the, if the, if there was a, if the, if the dogs actually had a, had a hit out there, but they did an intensive search. Uh, initially, they went back to that lake uh, several months later, 
uh, when some of the uh, vegetation was uh, was not as ripe to see if they could find something. Maybe the water and the water levels had dipped a bit. They still couldn't. Uh, they still obviously never found um, found any sign of uh, of Ryan Larson. And then and police. Whenever we talked to police, they you could tell they were scratching their heads trying to figure this thing out. Uh, did someone you know? Did someone grab him? Uh, what you know? Really, what happened to Ryan Larson? And, and no one ever knew. Uh, and to this day, we still don't know. Then, um, uh, surprising to some, uh, in, in the beginning of this year, uh, Ryan Larson's mom went to court, and she asked the court and is asking the court to declare her son dead, uh, and that set off another string of questions as to why that would be the case. Uh she filed an affidavit at that time. This had been in January, which she said she was told by a La Vista detective in the police department that the uh, department no longer considered it an active investigation and it had been moved into a cold case unit with the Omaha Police Department. And uh, she also said she was told that any attempt to find Ryan Larson would be considered a recovery effort because he was presumed dead. That's according to the mom. Then on Friday... The police chief in, in, in La Vista, Bob Lawson, he filed with the court a request that he's been subpoenaed to testify, and the hearing is this afternoon. He filed a request with the court to quash the subpoena because he doesn't want to testify. He said in his in his statement that it is an ongoing criminal investigation and and releasing information that he believes is confidential could jeopardize the case. So we've got this situation hmm. where... The mother of this missing child wants the boy declared dead. The police chief says the case is ongoing. The mom says she was told earlier that the case is not active anymore. And uh, there's a, and there's a court hearing this afternoon. Aside from that, and, and I, I just found this curious, but uh, some of the media up in Omaha had requested to, to uh, allow cameras in the courtroom for this case for this hearing this afternoon, and the judge refused, uh, arguing that it, that it comes under a part of the law which allows her to bar uh, uh, cameras from the courtroom. So there won't be, barring any last-minute change, there won't be cameras in the courtroom for this hearing, but it's going to be heavily covered uh, for obvious reasons. It It is still, I think, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that feels this way, but it is still just unbelievable that after all that all of that searching after you know some perhaps bits of evidence coming out that it could have ever gotten to a point where they just threw their hands up and said we don't have any idea like that that just seems almost impossible in this day and age and one, i mean i still one, can't believe it joe at, at one point and i think it was uh, this has been, it's been, it'll be two years in May. That it, Ryan was it May of 2021? Is that right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, maybe six months after that, maybe a year after that, I, the, the date is a little fuzzy in my head, but John Walsh is the, you know, the, the guy on TV who does all these missing persons mm-hmm. cases and find our kids and correct our children. He actually did a segment on Ryan Larson. Uh, so Ryan Larson's photo and everything was, you know, sent out nationwide uh still they came back with absolutely nothing uh and as i said you know whenever you whenever we have spoken with the police department about this they've always been very careful 
uh, in their discussions as to what happened. I mean, they're, you know, for the longest time, they were concentrating on, on sex offenders in the area. And uh, I think they went through a long list of people and, and checked and double-checked. And again, to this day, absolutely nothing. So it's a, it's a case that, uh, it, it's one of those cases, and we've seen these over the years, where, where there'll be intense media coverage, and then it kind of, you know, nothing happens for a while. It goes away. Then, then like the first anniversary of his disappearance came, and there was another recharge of information. And uh, and now we've got, and now it is another charging of information with this with this latest court development with the mom asking that her son be presumed dead. Uh, in addition to that, in her affidavit, which I should have mentioned earlier, but in her affidavit. She didn't say that the Papillion La Vista School District was to blame for his disappearance, but she certainly hints at it uh, and says she intends to make a claim against uh, against the school district at some point because she feels that that they mishandled uh, mishandled his 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 being in in school that day that they didn't check on him when they should have didn't follow up as he, when they knew he was missing all and all the school district has said in response to that is that they you know that they stand by the family and they feel bad for the family uh they've never actually responded to the actual uh, allegation that they didn't do their job so there's there's a variety of issues that are swirling around this court hearing this afternoon and 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 just to add this i mean i i can't i mean already losing a child would be so devastating but the way that this has gone for for the mother for the family where there's never been closure and you never know what happened. I just, I can't imagine that, right? I can't, I mean, it, it's it's not like having the closure and knowing what happened would make anything better in terms of his loss, but just having that part of the closure of it would have to be so significant for them at this point. There was a case in Omaha 30 years ago, a child went missing, and to this day, there was never any resolution of that case. Uh, and, 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 and yeah, I mean, as you said, you can't begin to, to fathom the, the misery of yeah. losing a child, let alone having someone disappear and you're wondering whatever happened. It's, yeah, it's, it, it, we, you can't relate to it. It's, it, it, it you just can't relate to it. So, uh, so I, I, I guess here's the question. If the La Vista chief, uh, police chief says this is an ongoing search and criminal investigation, does that is is this a situation then where the family saying, uh, if I'm understanding you right, the family saying, well, well, that's news to us. We didn't know this. Is there still is there still the potential that there's something out there, some kind of stone that's not uncovered that we're not aware of, and we at least right. want to force your hand on that? Is that I mean, is that a fair sort of assessment of what's happening right now? I think it's I think it's a fair assessment. I'm not sure it's the only assessment, mm-hmm. uh, but I do think it's it, it's one thing we're probably going to hear in court today, uh, assuming this thing goes uh, as scheduled this afternoon. But I, I think there's there's just so many unanswered questions about this case, and obviously the police chief doesn't want to testify. He's maintaining in his his court filing that that he that it's it's an ongoing criminal investigation, which in some respects. And I could be mistaken on this because I haven't covered this thing 24-7 for two years. But the fact that he called it an ongoing criminal investigation, I thought was somewhat interesting as opposed to just an ongoing missing case. Same thing. Same, yeah. Uh, uh, So to me, that ratcheted up the the case a bit 
in in the police department's view, and that it was that there is something that they believe that is criminal out there, not just something accidental. Uh, so I think that's another factor in the in the hearing. Well, today. I mean, th- there's this is all. I mean, it's all speculation, Joe. Obviously, but you know, there is some kind of a limited perimeter that a a twelve year old could get to um, without having been you know in in a car right or in, yeah. in in basically in the in the custody of of an adult at this point there and i think i think the thought is at least well man if if you identify that perimeter or roughly what that perimeter is and really really search it and can't find it anywhere you've got to at least really consider the possibility that there was someone else involved in this in some way right. shape or form to to yeah. transport him somewhere outside of that perimeter well and when you add in the fact that that uh, Ryan Larson has autism that just that's a whole nother factor uh, and I don't know, it's never been explained where on that autism range Ryan Larson uh, is, right. uh, but, but that, that could also be a factor uh, as, as well in this. Uh, but it's, it, you know, the bottom line is it's one heck of a sad, horrible story. Right. So, so uh, as I understand it, it, just going back to the beginning of this, the mom is, is essentially asking the court to declare it, just say it's no longer a missing persons case at that point, right? Yes, and, and, and in addition to that, she wants the court to declare her son right. uh, dead. So. Because obviously there are there are ramifications to that for right. for and various Right, I think the biggest things. ramification is that her, her likelihood from her filing that she's going to probably sue the La Vista uh, Pavilion La Vista School District. Right. And, and, so, so, and I think she, <laughs> to, in order to do that, I guess she needs that notification from the court that uh, that her son is no longer alive. Right. And, uh, and, and from her position, you, you essentially say, well, you can't, okay, you can't say this is an investigation that's going on forever if there's nothing happening in it. Essentially, yeah. there, there's got to be, man, uh, it's, it's just a, that's a gut wrenching case uh with with this whole thing so thank you for your your update on that it gives me a lot better idea and probably our listeners too of of what's going on there um shifting gears a little bit kind of back to the uh legislature you know we had our big day of testimony on the actual on on the fetal heartbeat bill on the on the bill or bills that are going to be impactful on what state law is on abortion itself but there's kind of a, a tertiary bill to this issue that people may not know about that are come that's coming up for hearing on Friday, and this has to do with with a thing that's a big issue on a couple of uh, bills in the legislature this year, and and that's tax credits. Uh, tell us about um, this bill that's coming up for hearing Friday and how it will impact the abortion discussion. Uh, Senator Joni Albright, who is the leading proponent in, in the, the bill that would basically ban abortions after six weeks, she has a companion piece of legislation, as you noted, and this one would allow the emergency pregnancy centers in the state, and there's a couple dozen across the state, uh, where where women go when they find out that they're pregnant, they're looking for answers, uh, and, and some go to these pregnancy centers uh, and and look for help. Uh, according to the uh, to Senator Albright's uh, legislation, individuals who donate to these organizations would receive a tax credit from the state, uh, which would have then presumably allowed these organizations 
these emergency pregnancy centers uh, the opportunity to have more funds and and do more for uh, women who are struggling with their pregnancies. The uh, the opponents argue that first of all they maintain that these pregnancy centers uh, are not what they say they are, uh, that they're really not trying to help women, that they're that they're uh, promulgating religious views, uh, and that they're basically you know quote unquote pro life organizations, and that and, and they don't have the mother's best interest best health interests in mind. Uh, a year ago, the ACLU of Nebraska issued an eight-page report somewhat backing up that view, uh, and I reported on that as well, noted uh, reaction from the uh, these organizations who basically said that they are, uh, that they quote, they told me that they, quote, lead with love, and they argue that they do provide medical services such as ultrasounds uh, that are under a physician's medical license and that physician's uh, orders. Uh, but that there are the opponents are, insist that the physicians involved in these organizations might not, might not even be doctors, and they're not operating out of physicians' offices. So it's a it's a bit uncertain as to who you know. It's, it's a little bit of a he said she said, um, but these organizations uh, do. Tend to be, would clearly benefit uh, from the legislation, and uh, it, as we go forward with this, it'll be interesting to see because one of the and, and obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm saying obviously, but I think it's it's arguably the, the case that that Senator Albright's legislation comes because opponents of of of, of those who want to ban abortion, the, the pro-choice side, has always made the case you care more about you care more about the child in the womb than when they're born, and you don't really care about the mom and what she's going through. All you care about is the fetus. Well, this is the pro-life side of this saying, we care about the, we care about the fetus and we care about the mom and we care about the child after they're born. Uh, and so uh, that, that's where this whole idea comes from, not just in Nebraska, but, but across the country in many states. Uh, so that's kind of the bottom line here. And the, the hearing is Friday, and I think it'll, I'm not sure it's going to be as contentious uh, as the the hearing on the the abortion ban itself, but I do think it's going to be contentious. Well, and, and it sounds like as much as the actual policy that that the decision the discussion will be on what these places actually are because there are very yes. different conceptions of what that is. Yes, uh, without a doubt. Yeah. And I and I as I said, I mean, in, in, the, in the end, I, most of the attention is as probably it, not maybe shouldn't be, but as obviously it will be. Uh, is going to be on the abortion ban itself, and and when that gets to the floor, and 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 all the amendments that are going to follow, and all the fight that's going to occur. But this will be something as well that that, that is is not it's not going to be a, a piece of legislation that's just going to roll through the legislature. Yeah. All right, uh, Joe, thank you for giving us the update, helping us understand these things that are going on better. I always appreciate that, and we will talk to you again next week. All right. Thanks, Eric. Take care. There you go. Joe Jordan, News Channel, Nebraska, 726. Take a break. Sports coming up next on KLIN. I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay, and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room. And a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. 
With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply. All right. Greetings and welcome back. And it is time to count them down. So without any further ado, let's get started with... Number five. Looks like we're going to miss uh, the big weather maker that uh, is now starting out in western Nebraska. Snow, wind, and much colder temperatures tracking to the north and west of us. Significant snows up along the South Dakota-Nebraska border will be uh, in starting later today and continue on till Thursday, and then uh, temperatures will drop. The description given me uh, a little early this morning by meteorologist Paul Feynman, National Weather Service, is that there's going to be a sharp, very sharp temperature gradient with this one as uh, the colder temperatures move in. We'll be in the 50s today, 30s tomorrow, 20s on Thursday, but we'll be below zero by Friday morning. Could start out with a little rain tomorrow, mid-30s, transitioning to possibly freezing drizzle, possibly into some snow by tomorrow evening, but little accumulation. They are now saying from a hundredth to a tenth of an inch of ice possible out of this, but north of us just going to so, get clobbered. At least it sounds, if, if what you're saying stays to be the case with the forecast, we're talking about maybe a little precipitation, a little bit of slickness, a decent amount colder, um, but not anything that's going to be right. sort of that's impactful in the way the last snowstorm was. The, the most snow predicted right now is possibly from somewhere between a trace to an inch. It's going to depend on that when that temperature gets cold enough to switch it to snow. Yeah. Uh, if the more rain we get, the more freezing mixed precipitation, the less snow we'll be having. So, the uh, but it's also the winds are also going to pick up. So okay, the timing on if there is some ice or uh, other precipitation, probably looking at Wednesday and Wednesday evening for that. So tomorrow and yep. tomorrow night, late when tomorrow, that would happen. Later tomorrow morning, I just posted about 15 minutes ago the latest uh, maps from the Weather Service. They're at klin.com, and it shows the rain possible late tomorrow morning changing to some mixed precipitation okay. by mid uh, and know, as it gets colder during the right. day that'll freeze and, and so that's that's just going to depend on how cold it gets or how fast it gets going the uh the winter weather advisories the winter storm warnings quite a ways north and uh and west of us here so uh right Ex- now yeah just north of the tri-cities and then up to what columbus yeah north columbus to norfolk is is where those winter weather advisories start. And then, the further north you get, Mark, <laughs> the further north you get, they're talking about real significant stuff, including maybe... Uh, now, now, northern Nebraska basically got, uh, got to miss what we got last week. Right. Because that was south of us. Now they get their turn this time because there are areas along that South Dakota border that could be talking around a foot and the numbers you're talking about in like minneapolis right now as you pointed out earlier in the show two rounds moving in when you're talking historic snow for minneapolis you're talking about something major they are uh they're talking possibly up to seven inches today and then the one that goes through tomorrow and thursday uh from 15 to 25 inches more okay 35 mile an hour so two and a half feet maybe of snow in Minneapolis with with heavy winds as well. That sounds bad. Uh, the good news is once you get through that three-day period, that three-day period I'm referring to is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of this week, Saturday right now, back with sunny skies and 50s. 
and, and, and then fairly fairly nice. Uh, really little, going forward, yeah. yeah. For the for at least for the next week after that or so. Then you're into March at that point, and Dr. Ken Dewey at least when we talked to him last week said that he it was looking to him like once you get into that first week or March or so, sixties and seventies are gonna be on the table at that point. So by by the weekend, uh, late weekend, you're not gonna have to go very far south to be well into the sixties. By the late this like yeah. on Saturday, you yeah. mean? Yeah. yeah. By Sunday, you know, uh, Kansas is going to be in, primarily in the 60s and 70s. All right. So I just need to plan like a three-day trip to Phoenix or Key West or uh, San Diego or something like that. I wouldn't go to San Diego. Yeah, after the way that baseball series went, I may want to. Uh, it also gross. looked chilly there. All of the, the uh-huh. games that I watched, it did look a little bit chilly there. San Diego can really be chilly and, yeah. and damn. Yeah. All right. Mm, next. Yes. Number four. PBA is partnering with DoorDash to provide a convenient service to guests. Live events, if you've got the DoorDash app, you'll get a GPS pop-up, or they'll have QR codes, and you can order you from select concession stands from your seat. They'll let you know when it's ready, and you go pick it up. Oh, so it's so it's ordering ahead, and then they just have a pickup window? Yeah. So you don't stand in line? Right. Okay. Mobile ordering. Okay, I, I like it because the lines at Pinnacle Bank Arena have been obviously a big story over the course of the last few years there. I know it really started, you know, when, when employment numbers were dropping everywhere. I think they had a hard time hiring people. For whatever reason, that's continued to be the case if you went to a basketball game. Um, I'm not sure about concerts. It's been a while since, since the Elton John show that I went to a, a concert there, but the... It, the concession stand lines just it, it was bad it was like you had to it you had to invest a significant amount of time if you were going to get a hot dog or a piece of pizza or a, in the case or or a beer or something like that uh, and so this is going to be the way they're they're trying to aid with it i guess the question is if if the employee shortage if an employee shortage was the problem at the beginning is this going to be any better for that i mean is this just going to make them more overwhelmed with what's going on, or is this actually going to be a solution? Um, in well, theory, it does sound good, uh, but I wonder how hard it'll be actually to make work in practice. Well, the one thing that'll they'll speed things is that all payments will be already have accomplished. That's true. Yeah, that's- and assuming you get, a, I assume you get a notification when it's ready. Right. So it may take a while, but if you get that notification when it's ready, I would use this. Hundred percent, I would use this. Um, and this has been actually they actually had this going for a while started um, February they had a soft launch of this yep. thing but now they're making it completely I li- public I like their uh, their their tagline skip the line not the action I would love to use this guys that is nice I would love to use this but I am not allowed in Pinnacle Bank Arena for the coming weeks for the men's games at least that's true maybe I I, I could go to the women's games yeah. maybe I'll go to a, one of the they've got one left one left? One left at home. All right. By maybe the, I need to go there. By the way, uh, there are no extra fees on this one. I wonder if they'll be running during uh, state basketball, because that's the ma- next Ooh, major event there. That's li- right. Every live event. Okay. Now, now they'll be adding, now, the way I understand it, 
Not all stands are involved yet, but they will be adding as this. State basketball does not quite draw the crowd that a Nebraska basketball game does, so I'm not sure if that's as much as an issue. But that will probably be the next time I'm there for uh, for an event, so I may have to give that a try. I there. mean, the lines are still sometimes an issue even at state basketball. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Especially between games. All right, uh, moving on. Number three. IV suspended its employee discount program yesterday after reporting an increase in the number of people misusing it, and they say now they're going to revamp the program. They announced it Friday, the program. It's been in place since 2019, uh, which gave employees and one member of their household a 10% discount, but evidently there was a significant spike in people not... Well, it was just like password them. sharing, essentially, yeah. but with the high V discount? Sounds like it. I, I will tell you up my uh, tell you what my son had a, vi- a short stint working at uh, working at a high V and then it just didn't work out with his sports schedule so it was a pretty short stint but I didn't know that discount was a thing until after he had been working there for a little while and so I don't know if I ever he took advantage of it but I don't know that I ever did and it sounds like I would have been able to but listen if you're if you've got a kid working there and your family. Somebody in your family who buys is the regular grocery buyer gets ten percent off. That is a significant. That, that's that can a, add up. That is a significant uh, sort of payment. I mean, I don't think it's out of the uh, big families. I don't think it's crazy to think. Okay, spending what you know three hundred bucks in groceries a week, something like that, uh, in, in that range, depending on how large your family is. Yeah, in thirty bucks a week. Onto that paycheck, hypothetically, or going a little bit somewhere else, that's uh, that's nothing to snooze at. 10%'s good. Maybe I ought to get a job there on the side. I could be a helpful smile in every aisle, I would eh, think. I'm about every other aisle. I, th- what I probably would need to be is one of those online shoppers that has the big cart that's walking around and getting in everybody's way because... I get enough groceries at my local grocery store <laughs> that I know the ins and the outs. I know all the tricks. I know everything on how to be efficient doing that. When I, so go to I think I'm cut out for that. When I go to hy V, I I usually look for a cart that has less than 10 aisles an hour. <laughs> Number two. McDonald's McNuggets going foul-free. Chicago-based fast food giant introducing plant-based McNuggets in Germany. Made from peas, corn, and wheat. Oh. Second product that McDonald's has co-developed peas? with Beyond Meat. Peas? Seriously, peas? I like green peas. Uh, okay. Peas. Well, I'll get but, you some. I'll get you some no. plant-based McNuggets then for you. I prefer my uh, plant-based McNuggets that have gone through a meat packing plant. <laughs> Uh, they already did. They already had burgers in some places like this. Did they not? Yes. Um, so a lot of the fast food places are getting this offering. It, uh, uh, I am not a vegan nor a vegetarian. I do eat meat. Um, I am curious, though, among people who are vegans or vegetarian, what is the demand? What? How big is the desire? It must be somewhat significant to eat meat imitations. Like, how much do you crave that and... And and how much does that sort of help you stick to your guns on on have, what you're doing? It I, it must be somewhat significant because all of these places keep keep rolling these things out. 
as, right now, as an option on the menu. Right now, as, as I understand it, McDonald's is only offering the uh, meat alternative in Europe. In Germany, so that's true. Well, their they're Beyond Beef is it is a little broader than that. In, in Europe in as Europe. well. I still have never tasted one of those things. I'll tell you what. I mean, I wouldn't. I'm just completely curious. I'm, I'm not switching my lifestyle over, but I am very curious about how those taste, how close it is. Have any of you ever had had one of those things? An Impossible Burger or an Impossible Chicken or I, whatever they call it. I had Burger a, King's had the Impossible Whopper for a long time. I had a, years ago when it first came out. I tried one of the uh, burgers, and it, you know, it was okay. Did it taste like a burger? Nah, it tasted different. Okay. I've I've actually had black bean burgers that I like better than the, than the uh, other ones. I'm just uninterested. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm uninterested in making a major change in my life, but I am definitely curious to see what it... I'm very curious to see what I it mean, if there like. if there came a time that that was the only option, but in the current current world, I've got, op- I've got the option of the actual well, meat. Right. And I, the, that's, I'm that way with broccoli. You know, if I were starving, I could... Right. Ugh. Here's the here's the thing though. <laughs> it may not no. <laughs> it may not be bad. It may but like the problem is less that it might be that that it doesn't taste good. It's that I've got I'm thinking of it as meat and that that thought combined with the eating is what is problematic with it. If you just call it uh I don't know, a veggie chunk or or whatever you want to call it, <laughs> then maybe if I'm not thinking of it as an alternative to chicken. Just, just, I may like. Well, like think about it. We, eat, uh, you go to the bar and you get uh, like fried cauliflowers all the time, right? Or not all the time, but that's a common bar food. But if I'm not think, if I'm thinking of it as a fried cauliflower and not a substitute for chicken nugget, it's a totally different experience. Plus, you're dousing that baby in ranch anyway. <laughs> I just, I, I don't in my mind, I don't see uh, a veggie burger with. Uh, bacon or cheese, you know, it just doesn't seem like it would. Of course, it wouldn't be bacon. I don't think you bring bacon yeah. on it. It feels like it defeats the purpose badly. Number one. If you've got old technology in your house laying around, it could uh, bring some significant cash. A first generation 2007 iPhone sold for more than $63,000, more than 100 times its original oh my cost gosh. now. It was the first edition, and it was in a box that had never been opened. Okay, so oh, it was sealed. Okay, all right. Uh, so by that, the way, it cost five ninety nine back then. at the time. Yeah. 3.5 inch screen, two megapixel camera, four gig or eight gig storage options, uh, internet capabilities, iTunes, no app store, two G network. Only worked on AT and T during that time. I think the first iPhone I had was the four. I don't think I ever had the the very original one. I think the four was the first one that I had. But we have, I mean, I know you can you can donate these things, you can trade them in. But we, I have like an old, I've got iPod. I have my original, uh, my original iPod, Mark the the silver one yep. with the the dot matrix screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if it was the very first iteration of it, but it was close on, on that. And I just keep that around because. I want to go show my grandkids someday or something <laughs> what that is. I don't think I'm going to make any money on that. But didn't you say you still have a Palm Pilot? Yep. 
Uh, I had a Palm Pilot. I don't know whatever happened. Those to were that, great. But they had that, uh, you, you know, the stylus, the stylus, yeah. and, and uh, they had the infrared, so you could shoot text. Yes, back. it's now called AirDrop, but it, back yes, then it was I infrared. I forgot about that. My totally. bo- my yes. boss and I both had had them, and uh, we used to send stuff back and forth in meetings, and nobody knew we were communicating. It was totally the future then. All right, it's 7.56. That's it for your morning drive. It's brought to you by Stone Ridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. When you're... You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, coming up, the Munch Madness bracket released yesterday, and we got some response. I'm starting to already see what some of the hot matchups are going to be in round one. We're hearing some predictions. Predictions. We're hearing some critiques. We'll get into all that coming up next. It's 8 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome back on a Tuesday morning, February 21st, 2023. 26 degrees in the capital city, heading toward another day in the 50s with sunshine before things change for uh, for three days. Cool off, give us a little bit of precipitation, and uh, back to the spring-like temperatures on Saturday. Uh, got John Baylor coming up, 25 minutes. We'll get an update on Nebraska volleyball, a little bit of news there, talk about some of the other things that are going on in uh, Lincoln in the news and sports world. Uh, but uh, we do want to uh, remind everybody, if you haven't yet printed out your Munch Madness bracket, they are available for that at KLIN.com. The field has been placed and seated, bracketized, and matchups are set to begin a week from tomorrow on March 1st. And we unveiled this to the public yesterday. And, Caleb, I wanted to go through some of the, the yeah. questions, comments, responses uh, that that we've got all in one place here because we get t- lots and lots of lots and lots of questions and and thoughts on this whole thing. Although I will say, just generally on this whole thing, this is and and maybe we're making up ground in explaining how what this is, how it's done, how decisions are made, why they're made that the way that they are. Mm-hmm. Maybe we are making up ground because I feel like. This was the least vitriol we had gotten for a bracket, uh, in especially since we started the sixty-four teamed bracket. Part of it, what it was. Part of it may have been preemptive strikes yeah. on social media. Yes, I think <laughs> we were very. Yes, I was. I at least was very intentional about doing that and making explanations beforehand. If there was a restaurant in there that you thought should have been in there it was not left out because we did not think it should have been there it's because it was a snapshot of who were people people were saying they like on one day that is that is the way we do that this for two years in a row by the way i've noticed that there has been one in particular restaurant that has the (laughs) most of those uh gets the most of those recommendations that people are very disappointed are not in the field mm-hmm. it's very it's very specifically vung tao restaurant yep all every, over the place every year it's vung tao i don't remember did i think vung tao maybe had one or two mentions on selection friday i want to say 
It wasn't. Let me go pull that up. I, I can see exactly how many it, it was. It wasn't one of the ones that we were mentioning as being on the very bubble at the end. But three. I bet it had three. So Th- it was. Three is where they ended up. It needed a way to go. It needed at least double the, the support that it got on Selection Friday. Uh, but it sounds like it's a great place. Uh, a, a, a very good place. Very authentic place. Amazing food. Go there. Check it out. Let me Let me tell you this. When you're making your list of places to go, the new places that you heard about either on Selection Friday or uh, on the on the bracket itself, put that one on your list. Mm-hmm. Try it out because there, I, I, if it, so many people are telling me it deserves to be in and it's not getting in. Let's uh, have people. Let's have people try it out and see if it it should be here yeah. for next year. And let may you know what? Maybe I should just say right now. I will use my exemption next year Ooh. just because it seems to be the biggest critique of who was left out is Vung Tao. Now, that was... Do, do we need to organize the NIT version? Maybe. Maybe we have... Put the, together our bubble bracket. Uh, Vung Tao, by the way, is on, on Y Street, um, uh, 27th and, and Y there, um, and in, in an area that is absolutely great in terms of various world food that you could I, I still say you could take an incredible tour from O Street to Cornhusker on North 27th and have uh, just a, a complete world tour of amazing food the whole way and Vung Tao would would be a part of that so maybe that's maybe that's what I do next year we will see or we have an NIT I don't know who else is in the NIT is there any other like single restaurant that you've heard that that didn't make the field that there are a lot of people saying, hey, what gives on this whole thing? So I saw several comments for Mi Tierra. Uh, Mi Tierra, yeah, there was, that was, that would have been the other one that I kind of saw was just a general assessment of the mm-hmm. the Mexican food situation and uh, and for, for better or for worse, uh, it, Taco Inn being in makes that happen in large part. Yeah. Taco Inn being in, and, and why, I mean, it doesn't, it's not me being a critic of theirs, they're a they're a fast food restaurant when it comes to Mexican food, and you're comparing it with a with a sit down, very authentic place. It's it's kind of apples and oranges <laughs> in a lot of ways. But I will continue to say this to to people when they talk about who does or doesn't make it is I think when we ask people to nominate places that they like, they come up with places a that they're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, be that they probably go to frequently and it's just, and I'm not saying this is necessarily the case with the re- Mexican restaurants, but, but like somebody was talking about Carmela's not being in for yeah. instance. And, and my response was, listen, if I've got a date night, uh, with my wife, Carmela's is among the maybe two or three places that are first on my list for like a really nice night out, incredible food. We'll go there. But the reality is that night happens in our household one to two times a year mm-hmm. and the other places that are on here happen in, in a lot of cases some of them 15 to 20 times a year right and so you've built up memories positive associations all of those sorts of things with that and, and i go back to this example as well i love didn't make the field this year either I love Endzone. I love I love going to Endzone before events in in downtown. Um, it's in part because of the food. I like. I mean, I think they have good bar food. 
but I just love that place for whatever reason. That's about the experience and the ambiance and the memories that I have with that place. And that factors into all of these with people. It's not just a head-to-head who makes the better Mexican food or steak or 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 burger or or whatever that it is. It's all about that experience that people and and that's why you don't mm-hmm. always end up with the 64 most critically acclaimed and, right. and probably deservedly so most critically acclaimed places in the entire bracket. And that's the hardest people I think for people the hardest thing for people to understand when they just look at this. I don't ever claim that this is a bracket that's getting you the best food, the highest quality critically acclaimed food in the capital city. That'd be it. And I, frankly, I could make that bracket mm-hmm. based on what I know and what I've heard from from people and talking to people who are especially food. I can make that bracket myself. Right. I don't that doesn't sound very fun for you guys. Well, and, but, and you and I could sit down and pick uh, our 64 favorites just between the two of right, us. Or or, or or our 62 favorites. We could do that, but I don't, yeah, I don't think that's what people want. And so it's a necessity of making it a bit democratic mm-hmm. in this process that you are going to get results that have to do with frequency, that have to do with ambiance, that have to do with longevity, that mm-hmm. have to do with good memories. That have to do with all of those. That have to do with all of those things. So that is always kind of my thought on that. Right. Now, uh, um, yeah. two others, real quick, yes. that had come up. Um, one guy is adamant, and he was this way last year too. Patty's Pub. Which now that's to be honest, though, I'm a little surprised Patty's Pub isn't. I'm a little surprised it. it but it no, but, but zero nominations. No, I. But right, right. That, that's I know. The thing I'm is, a little surprised there's zero. Not. I'm not super surprised that. Carmelo's doesn't have 30 nominations. I am a little surprised Patty's Pub doesn't have right. a bunch of nominations because mm-hmm. you can make a case for them being really good pizza. You can make the case from it being a fun, um, like a good ambiance type play, and, and similar to how I talked about Endzone, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, in terms of location, La Paz right across the street always does really well in this thing. Yep. So I am... I am a little surprised, honestly. That I don't. We had zero, right? Zero. They've never been in. Now they might have been in the pizza bracket years back. I can't remember mm-hmm. for sure. I bet they were, but yeah, that's a that's an that's a surprising one to me. So, and then the only other one, uh, Pita and is it Non? Pita and Non. Now they were very close. They were. So here's the thing: if you were to do, I mean, it starts to get a little muddled in there. But the first two out, Mitiera. Pita and none. Yeah, those. So are, those were the first, those are the two first two out that were just on the outside. Yeah, yeah. So very close, I think. And again, I assume that's a relatively new place. Uh, Pita and none is, mm-hmm. and so the longer that that gets established, uh, the, the better chance. And then the other thing that factors in is when we make it democratic, we have restaurants and or food trucks that do a good job mobilizing. The people who support them. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm never going to say you can't do that. <laughs> I'm never going to say like that. Like you that guys is, in Soresco who yes, are still we texting got us. got it, Soresco. Call off the dogs, <laughs> Soresco, please. You've got to shift the message now to everyone in Soresco. Vote on March 1st or whenever 
whenever uh, a legendary Red Rooster comes up. And it's not via text. The voting is not it's via not, text. You've, you got to go to KLIN.com. There will be a banner on yes. there. You click on it Someone to go to Munch stop Madness. In. Can somebody just like somebody go to Soresco and just let everybody know they're, they're in? The bracket's been out <laughs> for a long time. You, you, we, don't, we are still getting texts from Soresco <laughs> about the legendary Red Rooster. They're in. They're safe. They're in. You probably need to vote because what has traditionally happened when restaurants do that, when they mobilize a bunch of people who aren't familiar with the show to get them in, they often don't make it past the first round. Yeah. And they got a tough matchup. All right. So now a little bit of a more fun part. Uh, Any matchups that you, uh, I've got a few of them, but any matchups that you thought were particularly um, getting some response to when this thing well, came none, out. People were excited about it. Well, there, there, there is a lot of excitement, and one of them, that one particular matchup that is starting to get a little bit of rot on social media, it's the 116 in the South. Yes. Norm's yes. on 48th and Rolling Walk. Yes. N- uh, almost essentially next-door neighbors. I, you, you can, I don't know if Eatery gets in the way, but you could walk out of the front door of either of those places and throw a rock and hit the other one. Don't throw rocks at each other. No, by please the way. don't. Please don't do that. And Norm's on 48 fired the first salvo. They did. With the marquee. I went over there yesterday, and right away I saw, oh, marquee just went up. It says on there, it's got Munch Madness, which is awesome. And then you go into... The shots across the bow with a we will we will walk you. <laughs> I laughed. <laughs> now is rolling walk is rolling walk firing back? Are there people associated with rolling walk fire? There was someone on Twitter who was very defensive of rolling walk. I don't know if they were actually associated with rolling walk. I don't know or if they're associated either. A big but... fan of rolling walk, like uh, like Kenny Larrabee was, who got them in the field. Essentially, right? But yeah, there, there's there are a lot of people saying they think that's a that's a really good chance for a sixteen one upset. Um, there was also a, there's also a lot of run on on Twitter, especially for Mary Ellen's. Yeah, and Mary Ellen's has been they, they in went, it every year, right? Well, they've been in it, but they went first round exit in twenty twenty one, second round exit last year. But there's a lot of folks that are really high on Mary Ellen's. Who they is take, the matchup? They take on Billy's Restaurant. That's the the 11th. Mary Ellen's is the 11th. Yeah, Billy's has some fans too, though. Yeah, that's that's a good. That is a spotlight first round matchup. Here's another one that I heard about a lot yesterday. Mm-hmm. A lot of people on the cheesesteak grill bandwagon. Yeah, the cheesesteak grill bandwagon. By the way, in a gas station. <laughs> I mean, maybe next door to the gas station, but in the same building as a gas station. What is a cheesesteak grills matchup? Uh, cheesesteak grill. Oh, I've got to go. That would have been Southwest. Sorry, I could pull this up and look myself, but you had it up. That's okay. I've got. They are taking on Tico's. Cheesesteak's the 12. Ooh. Ooh. That's a. Uh, cheesesteak's the 12? Yeah. That's a cheesesteak win, I think. I think T- I. I mean, Tico's is obviously going on history and name recognition there. But I think that maybe just from the early traffic, you took Tico's in that. By the did way, did I? I, 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 I I'd took, like to change. I that. took cheesesteak. I would definitely like to change that. Hey, another one. There are some folks getting really fired up for Daffodil. Yeah, Daffodil, and they got a matchup uh, against Penelope's Little Cafe, and Penelope's has been, as we've called them many times, the little engine, the little engine that could, the little cafe that could. Uh, but Daffodil is, yes, really getting some love, and that's a 15 seed as well. 
I did see, uh, I saw one one prediction that had press box going through and winning the entire thing Ooh. as a seven seed. Okay. And I, only, I, I thought of that because they would be the second round matchup with Daffodil. So a lot of talk over there. I haven't heard a lot as I look through the Northwest, Caleb. I didn't hear a lot other than the Soresco talk. I did not hear a lot about the Northwest at all. Uh, I got there. Media. There was a little bit uh, on Fleetwood. Uh, what might, was it? What might, was the might be a problem for Laszlo's in the first round? No, it will not. <laughs> and I was like, stop I, it. I don't think so. Fleetwood's not going to be a problem. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, it's nothing against him. I haven't had him. You are going up against years of name recognition and a whole bunch more people who have been there. So that's that stuff. In the Southwest, we already mentioned Cheese Steak Grill has has gotten some discussion that Billy's Mary Ellen's uh, matchup is going to go to. And then the other one is that 15-2 in the Southwest. Uh-huh. Lila Mays versus yeah. Green Gateau. I've got Lila Mays in the upset there. Although Green Gateau has done really well in this, and there are also several people who have said Green Gateau mm-hmm. is one of their favorites for this whole yeah. thing. That's a spotlight matchup, right? Well, there. And, and there were some folks when we, as we initially announced the the Lincoln Mattress and Furniture bracket, they looked at that Northeast region the same way we did and said, "Wow, is that top heavy? That thing is yep. stacked." Yes, there there are a lot of folks that can come out of that Northeast region where you've got. Isles and hell yeah and well fat jacks is in the middle there too mm-hmm. but taco in hf crave la Sup- paz, la- la paz honest, honest Abe's. <laughs> super taco has a uh, that, that that super taco casa bovina matchup is a is a fascinating one you you talk about fancier versus well in a building with a gas station Super top and some newbies with Canyon Joe's, Motor Food, Pork's Done. Yeah, does any of those do any of those either food trucks or food trucks turned restaurant in the Northeast go out there for a run? That's another interesting one. Bust some brackets. Berea Boss. Yes. And then last but not least, in the Southeast, you have that Norms on 48th Rolling Walk matchup, the Penelope's Daffodil matchup, I think, that are kind of the ones that are getting the most talk right now. We'll see how it goes today. But uh, please print out those brackets. Check out these. Pla- if you go to any of these places, tweet us at LNK today or post or uh, tag us on Instagram. Would love to hear where you went, what you thought. If you want to even take a picture of your food, that's good too. Uh, we like to. See- we already had people yesterday going out from a yeah. whole, to a whole bunch of plate, whole bunch of places. So there you go. It's uh, Munch Madness fourteen. Brought to you by University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union. All right, take a break. Say 26 on KLIN. Severe weather means interruptions. Check closings and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. Meteorologist Malcolm Byron. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska volleyball, John Baylor. 837, welcome back. Alan K today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Glad to have you back with us. February 21st, 2023. And it is time to talk to uh, JB. It's been a few weeks, but we've got him back on the air today. And uh, see what's uh, what's going on in his world. Good morning, Mr. Baylor. How are you doing today? Jack attacked very well. Always appreciate your curiosity. You know, in the weeks I missed, I heard from at least one, maybe two Homo sapiens who uh, 
we're sad that <laughs> I missed my time slot. D- two uh, of them? Yeah. <laughs> last I was very touched. I was very, very flattered. That's so, good. I'm glad we're making a difference. We're making exactly correct. And, you know, movements start with just one person. Yes, that's true. That, you, with an idea. It goes into a chem lab, boom, comes out, the world changes. It may be, it may be many years, but it could be tens of us who are impacted by this segment down the we road. Got, we got about, what, 88-year life expectancies, but we're hopeful. Hey, this is an award-winning segment, guys. That's true. People forget but, that. Oh, forget that. Clear out some shelf space. Is that why you're you're trying to sell the big old building there? Because you need more shelf space for all the awards we're accumulating. That's we it. Ran out of room. That's it. It's it's the John Baylor segment awards. We cannot house in this small. We are thinking about moving to some giant warehouse. I'm not sure. Trading up the old broadcast house, but you better you know better stay with the pattern and get another building that looks like a funeral home. I think that would help. <laughs> It's a, there's a lot of choices in town in that genre of real estate. Go, go give Andy a big hug. I didn't mean to say that, but in the building, I mean, I think a Hertz is occasionally pulled in by mistake when they meant to go across the street. <laughs> How different does it look now than it did when you were coming here to work every day? Very little. <laughs> I mean, broadcast house of the edifice is kind of like it's the rock that withstands the winds of time. I mean, it's, I, I'm surprised it hasn't been used as a movie set. That's true. The 1940s. That's early true. 50s. Hey, that, you know, speaking of that, every time I drive by, I've mentioned this on the air before, every time I drive by that old police station in downtown Lincoln uh-huh. that is now abandoned. I keep thinking that would be the greatest spot to uh, record some, do some kind of a retro seventies cop movie because it has got that, uh, like a art deco look. It would be perfect for that. I just feel bad for all the heroes who wore blue. I mean, that place should have been a prison. That shouldn't have been the place for the, I just if there's another Starsky and Hutch uh, sort of reboot yeah. or something like that, I don't know how they don't use that for that. Let's get a little, let's get some ta- some entertainment taxes coming in town. I mean, if you thought the bringing down the old cornhouse gear was a big television event, wait till they bring down that old police station. The place will be packed with folks. It's a big old countdown. Here comes the old wrecking ball. But yeah, it'll be it'll be it'll be a sad day, but a good day when that block gets repurposed. It feels like it's been a while since we've had any uh, excite like movie excitement in and around. I mean, you had the terms of endearment thing, right? You yeah. had the you had the Patrick Swayze, uh, Tu Wong Fu, thanks for everything, Julie Newmar thing. Which, by the I'm way, still- nobody yeah. made that much that much of a big deal about the uh, about the the drag features in that movie. I just realized. I don't even remember thinking about that. I'm surprised. We, we need a. We need a governor who's going to start dating a movie star again. That <laughs> well, that ship has already sailed. Uh, maybe we should have brought that up a few months ago. Jeez, that ship's well, gone. Well, uh, I was listening to your segment on food. Yes. You're, uh, you got the restaurant. What is it called? Munch Madness. Munch Madness, yes. What's this year 17 on that 14. whole deal? 14. Okay. I'm I'm occasionally three years ahead of myself, but uh, I'm wondering: Can you have a sub segment, like maybe a a, a, a group of eight restaurants that uh, that focus on healthy food opportunities? Because uh, you're focused on taste. I'm wondering: are the, 
I'd like to know what restaurants are, are actually serving healthy food out there. I think I think a vast, a huge number of those that are in our, our bracket do. If you, that's about that's about your choices when you get there, I think, John. I hope you're right. But I go to these deep-fried chicken places, and I'll say, hey, what do you got that's healthy? Boy, does that stop them in their tracks. Start gazing at the menu. It is a long pause. Baylor going. Baylor oh, looking for healthy food, and he shows up at deep fried chicken specialists. Okay, <laughs> one and done. I, I was hopeful, but I, was, I have this friend who's actually in the restaurant business. I remember years ago, I said, "Hey, we're all interested in transparency, right? We all want truth in advertising." But I got an idea for you. Split your menu in half, and one half is the die sooner menu, and then the other half is the die later menu. <laughs> And he uh, he uh, he appreciated it. He said he'd take it under advisement. But uh, to to date, very little movement on that front. That's sad. That is uh, that's too bad. Hey, before uh, before we get to to volleyball, I I've got to know because uh, I went to uh, you and I attended a Nebraska basketball game last year together. That was uh, that was uh, an unfortunate and, evening. And, that's crazy. <laughs> Still trying to forget, but have you seen what's going on recently? Yeah, that's you what know. I wanted to. All of the, th- all, I was just going to ask you. All of the critiques oh. that you mentioned seem to have been addressed in uh, in a year and a half, basically year and a third. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'm just fired up. I mean, compared to that Creighton game a year ago and what I saw the other day against Maryland, it's like the caveman era. It's it's like uh, it's the. Um, uh, the, the the antediluvian period versus like uh, you know twenty six twenty second century. We've had a huge improvement, and it's thrilling because they're playing together. They're playing unselfishly. They're they're uh, working so hard on defense. If you're working hard on defense, you got a chance. Mm-hmm. And so it's just great. To, and how about Sam Hoiberg? I mean, I know that guy was tough on Norris, and you know when when he would play Gretna, I mean they would they'd go boxing one, but. Against Maryland, it's a big deal. That was uh, I love it. It was that great, was great stuff. It was great. It's fun again. It's fun again, JB. It's been a while. I like that slogan for twenty twenty three twenty four. It's fun again. <laughs> Count me in. No, it's just it, you know we see this in Nebraska volleyball all the time, like the evolution over the course of a season. And at the end, they're playing their best. I mean, they're built for the, the end game, the end season. And you're seeing it right now, and you just hope they can sneak into the big dance. Is there a chance, or is it just NIT at this point? Yeah. It's, it's, you get two out of the next three, and, you, you know, the, the NIT isn't the big dance, but it's a start. It'd be uh, it'd be an accomplishment. And the crazy thing, too, you, you talked about sort of about the coaching and changing and reinventing. Crazy thing is he did it, Hoiberg did it once. After three years of kind of banging your head against the wall, he makes some changes and they they work. Then you lose two players that are kind of key to what the yeah. what that plan was, and you sort of readjust again a second time, and there are some bumps in the road early, but you're seeing the second iteration this year of of this team making adjustments, which... As bad as the first three years were from a from a results and coaching perspective, I guess you would say too. This year has been just the opposite. So I I don't know you know how and why it it takes so long to get to this point, but it's just kind of a, a it's a crazy contrast between those first three years and this one. What it shows is you don't necessarily need a lot of depth in basketball or volleyball. Those two injuries allowed Sam Hoiberg and Tomanaga to emerge. Those guys, however, wasn't playing. 
But Tominaga was getting just spot duty. When you're a shooter, you need time. You need a long leash. I remember in 2008, I mean, easily the the, the least deep uh, bench in, in Husker volleyball history. We basically had Bridget Root and uh, I forget who else. There's nobody on the bench. I mean, like, so that everyone knew they could play as long. They were going to play through their mistakes. And by the end of the season, that Jordan Larson team nearly won the national championship yeah. and shocked the world. Well, I, I saw some similarities. I mean, when you suddenly have a short bench, as, as long as you've got sufficient talent, you know, six or seven deep, now those guys can play loose. Now those guys know they're not going to get yanked. And you're seeing the fruit of that because they've done that now for two, three weeks. And, you know, Tominaga's a different player. Uh, I mean, Harburg's getting his shot, and boy, he's making the most of it. Sometimes in some sports, you don't need a long bench, and that's one reason the NBA in the postseason, they don't use a bench much. It's just they go six or seven deep. So, I mean, it's great to see. But remember, without those two injuries, these guys barely see the floor or, or, or don't see the floor sufficiently, in my opinion, for Tominaga to become – you know, he's, he's like an all-conference player at this point. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's incredible, and it's, it's just and it's so fascinating, so likable, and and just yep. sort of the the joy the joy he shows on yep. on the floor constantly the, is awesome. Oscar fans have got to start chanting one more year. Yes, one more year because he is a legend back in Japan. I mean, he can go back play pro. Well, I mean, he can't go anywhere in Japan. He's but one more year would be amazing for the Husker. Program. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point. This probably comes to bear in volleyball, maybe as much as it does, or more than it does in basketball, because of the visa of international students. They're not able to get some of the NIL opportunities that American students are able. Uh-oh. To get, and so that's one thing I worry about is if you're him, right? You you gotta love it. You gotta be having you know time of your life right now at the end of the season. Yeah. But on the other end of it, you could go back to Japan. You could make bank, I'm sure, playing in oh. Japanese leagues, and still probably because of the attention the NBA gives to international markets, still probably you know take get get your shot or get as close to your shot as you could playing college but, basketball at the NBA. It's, it's more than that. I mean, he's he's a big-time national celebrities, my understanding, in Japan. And so he's he's got a really lucrative opportunity the moment he's done with the Huskers. And I'm just hoping he'll give it one more year. One he, more looks year. Like, he looks like he's having so much fun. And, hey, maybe I can help. Maybe Tominaga becomes the face of Onda College. I mean, we, there's got to be a way <laughs> to help out here because that guy is electric. He makes yeah. everybody play better, and the fans are loving it. I mean, just one more. You just start chanting right now in your car. Well, you know what, more. Caleb? We need to get a little translation going. We need to translate one more year into Japanese, and what? then and then we need to get all of Pinnacle Bank Arena Saturday Uh-oh. and Tuesday chanting that in Japanese. Don't you think? Let's do Google it. Dot, Google Yeah. Well, I'm a little afraid to translate. I need to find somebody who's a little bit more familiar than I'll trust Ju- uh, Google on that whole thing. But you yes. Know. UNL's got great foreign language programs. So I'm going to get that. Do, do you want just one more year, or do you want one more year together? Uh, <laughs> no. I don't know. What's, what, what's one more year? Can you get that for me at least? Yeah. Uh, hold on. Is, are you going to give me audio of this, Caleb? Uh, are you trying? What, well, one more time. This is, 
This is great radio. <laughs> I, don't, I, I agree, actually. It is. It is. You got, it you is. got cars pulling over and taking notes. This is riveting stuff. <laughs> all right. All right. Very good. Hey, uh, uh, so that's. I, I was excited to hear what you thought about basketball. I just yeah. kept. I just kept going back the last couple of weeks, thinking about our conversation at that Creighton game and how. Uh, uh, just and how everything is kind of diametrically different than uh, both of our evaluation, frankly, after that game. Yep. And it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Uh, Nebraska volleyball has announced a uh, a spring match this year. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about what's going to happen, the matchup, those sorts of things. Bring on the Wichita State Shockers, and the Huskers are going to Central City. Oh, I think they're like 1,800, 2,000 seats. You can only buy four, a group of four. That'll be the toughest ticket. It's a sweet new arena, though. Is it? Okay. That's that's what I hear. I love it. So uh, I haven't been there, but it's a great school. I'm a big fan of Central City, home of the fighting. Don't worry. I'll have that research done by game time. But uh, bring on Wichita State. I'll be there this year. It's the end of April. But, uh, I mean, this has got to be the smallest town we've been to. I mean, Ogallala is bigger than Central City. And then, uh, you know, certainly uh, Central City is smaller than than Grand Island and, and Norfolk. So, uh, just, just good, good uh, ambassador work as the Huskers reach out and connect with all these fans everywhere. But that's going to be one of the toughest tickets everywhere. But it'll be so fun because you got five brand spanking new freshmen plus yep. uh, Merritt Beeson, who's the transfer from yep. Florida. So a uh, huge overhaul. And I think the setter Bergen Riley's going to play this fall. I think Merritt Beeson's going to play on the right. I think Harper Murray's going to see a lot of time. I mean, if you head coaches comparing her to Jordan already. I mean, she's going to be solid. So that's at least three players. But my, I, I love Andy Jackson. You see her on video, this middle uh, from Colorado. I mean, her her shoulders when she's blocking are above the top of the net. Jeez. And then you got Caroline Jurevicius. Right here is just uh, uh, just a, uh, a competitor. She is. Uh, hey, she, I remember her. Brought, her dad playing for Penn State, playing yeah, football. Was he the, was he in the moving sideline game? I hope not. No, he was not quite that. He's not. You, you're, old, you're making him a little older than he actually is. No, <laughs> don't blame him if he was. <laughs> and then I think the biggest pickup might have been the libero, uh, Choboy, who uh, was supposed to go to Minnesota, and, and then uh, the, the coach uh, retired, Humakash, and retired, and then suddenly she lands at Nebraska's lap, and she's huge because now we've got two, you know, liberos basically playing three rotations. And uh, uh, and then Lexi will play the other three, you know, all six or five and a half rotations. So that's going to really help. You only need one of these outsides then to sort of pass part time. I'm going to have to uh, print out a roster for this game. Holy cow! Uh, you you and I both. <laughs> you guys will be studying Japanese. I'll be studying pronunciations of all the new players. But it's exciting. So, I mean, last year was a little disappointing the way it all ended up. And, you know, those four oh, match points against Oregon, that one hurts. And and the coach, you know, said he thought the Huskers were a great matchup against Louisville, so you never know. And then, you, then you're in Omaha, and you got, you know, you got Texas, and, and then you got Pittsburgh because they beat Wisconsin. And then, you know, maybe, yeah, anyway. Yeah. I got to get over it. I got to move on. Yep, you do. I got to push forward. You do. Thank you. Hey. Hey, uh, I see uh, this Friday debut uh, debut match, first match of the year, bright and early, eight a.m. Sand volleyball versus Wayne State's Wayne State on the beaches in Lincoln. Here, bring on the Wildcats! I'd be surprised if those Wildcat beach players are even going to class this week. I think it's just nonstop prep for the big one down here in the Beach Bowl. What are, what are you, 
what is the name of the, the beach, uh, the sand? The sand. We don't, we don't have a sponsor on that thing yet? My goodness. Anyway, what are we doing? Figured out. It just needs some sort of the sand bowl, the sand. Uh, we'll work on it. Yeah. Uh, but we're not, we're not calling that game. We've, we've done our share of sand games in, the, in Lincoln in the past, but uh, we're, not, we're not calling that one. But that's, that's uh, it. Wayne State has a doggone beach volleyball team. I don't recall that when I was a kid thinking about going to West State. <laughs> Didn't that could have been a draw. <laughs> that was the that was the thing that set you out west was Wayne State not having beach volleyball. Yeah, I talked to them, but they said not nope, too soon. But uh, uh, Midland's got esports. What else? Midland? I think Midland has archery. I mean, uh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, esports are popping up here and there. Yep. Yeah. You know, uh, and board gaming is the next one. Hey, I'm on the Monopoly team. Sweet. Always buy Baltic and Mediterranean. I know. I know. I'm on scholarship. Trust me. Go. Yeah, just get good at something. That's all that matters. Get good at days. something. I remember the old days when athletes had to be aerobic, like you had to move around and stuff. And now it's like, give me that console. Show me that screen. All righty. And, and, and does anyone have any popcorn around here? Hey. Anything to get? Uh, hey, some of these places need kids to come. You you got to get people there. Whatever you hey, can do it. I'm excited about uh, speaking of screens, paying money for the privilege of using Facebook. <laughs> yes, that's true. You now Hello. can uh, get the blue check if you need to, JB. Yep. Pay a monthly fee to help China surveil me. <laughs> uh, all right. Very good. <laughs> Appreciate the time. Uh, hey. Yes. Beach volleyball and, this weekend. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Yes, and see other families' photos on the first day of school. There yes. are our benefits. Yes, that's true. There are benefits. See the kids. See what you're having for dinner. There's a lot of that stuff you can you can still do for free. I think uh, a smaller and smaller portion of our conversation each week covers volleyball, but we'll work on that. It has to do with the time of the year. I think we'll get we'll get back there. We'll get back there. Good it's to talk. Never time when it comes to healthcare volleyball, there's no doubt. <laughs> Thank you, JP. Have a good one. We'll talk to you later. Five or 30 miles per hour. Heading into tonight, the cloud cover will increase by tomorrow morning. We should be mostly cloudy. For the Channel 8 Storm Alert team, I'm meteorologist Malcolm Byron. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 858. Excuse me, 858 as we wrap up the show today. Uh, Wednesday on the show, what chap tried Wednesday? Your chance to let us know what's gotten under your skin, even though your family, friends, co-worker, pets may not want to hear it from you, we will. So be looking for the Facebook post this afternoon, and tomorrow you can text or call in whatever is chapping your hide. John Bishop joins us tomorrow as well. More Munch Madness talk. Uh, and also, we uh, may have a little bit, little, little bit of some other things here. Not yet announced, so hang tight for that. A little bit later in the week, if you want to get to Nebraska basketball for that Minnesota game, we're giving away tickets for that on Thursday. And Caleb, you know what I just realized? My goodness. Request Line Friday's back. <gasps> That's right. We're going to play we, music this week. We haven't even mentioned it. It's almost Wednesday. People will be like, what are you guys doing? We will uh, We will announce what we're doing this week. I think there's probably a good chance it'll be it'll be open. Uh, it'll be no genre since last time we did. At the Valentine's very least, Day. we'll announce it tomorrow. But we will tell you tomorrow after we do. It's been a lot of Munch Madness here <laughs> so far. So. We will uh, we will keep going with that. Hey, have a great day, everybody. Enjoy enjoy the last really nice day for a few days. We'll get back to it not far from now, so don't despair. It is 